Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode today. We are so excited to introduce our bi monthly Friday episodes. These episodes will be a bit more lighthearted, talking about different travel experiences with our guests, as well as hearing about some of my experiences and takeaways from studying abroad in Torino, Italy. We want to give you guys some great content to end the week strong after having a productive and busy week. I'd like to introduce our first guest, Harry Cork. Harry and I became good buddies while we studied abroad together in Italy, and I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about his experience and perspective. We'll see you guys in Italy. Alrighty, today on the show, we have one of my good buddies, Harry Cork. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me, mate. It's, uh, it's great to be on here. I don't know if you guys could tell, but Harry has a little bit of a different accent. So I wanted to uh, allow him to give a little brief introduction before we hop into this. Okay. So, hi, my name is Harry Quirk. I am 21 years old. I study international business at the University of Brighton. I was honored and gladly, gladly happy to meet Adam back in our time in Turin and studying in abroad in Italy. And yeah, thank you once again. It's very interesting talking to you now through the camera. Harry and I just caught up over the phone about 20, 30 minutes before we started recording. And currently he's in Spain, right? Yeah, I'm currently in in the south of Spain. Yeah, that's true. Do you want to tell us a little bit of what the past six months have been like for you? Yeah, so of course, you know, I don't know if some of your North American listeners are aware, but of course, the Spanish lockdown was, was kind of crazy because it came really around, quite strongly around March, the pandemic. I was in Spain with my girlfriend. We had a crazy kind of escape, escape challenge if you want to get out of Italy where I was still studying. Lo and behold, I got here via Munich and Brussels, and we came here to live with my girlfriend and her parents. And then about two or three days after I arrived in Spain, Spain said, boom, lockdown, one month, whatever it was, six weeks. So the pandemic was kind of rising each day. I mean, the numbers were nothing crazy like like the US was eventually, but more or less 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 cases a day. And uh, I mean, especially for me to be in, in a different country and you look at the news and didn't really understand much of the time because my Spanish was, was growing little by little. But yeah, just to, to, to think actually now, I kind of think to, to kind of comprehend the whole pandemic, most of it in a different language, it's just it's kind of a, it's a funny one. But uh, yeah, had the lockdown up until June, I would say, early June. It's kind of started to be easing a little bit more. I can go out, have some drinks at the bar and go to different places. But yeah, it's kind of a wild ride. Yeah. I think it's been it's been a pretty insane past six plus months for everyone. But mm-hmm. I know you've had quite a quite a crazy journey trying to get out of Italy. Cause you yeah. were you were in Italy up until what March ninth, you said. It was okay. So I can I can go back a bit. So I was like I said, we had a great first semester in Turin. Pre coronavirus was amazing, 
Uh, and then I went back for the second semester because I was there for a year. And in January, February, met all the new Erasmus guys, uh, which is the European students for their year, semester abroad, the new Americans, the second wave. And then it was about till February, I went on a nice trip with my girlfriend. And then it was around middle of March, early March. I came back from the UK with my, with, uh, with my girlfriend and then Italy said, oh, okay, lockdown. I had a crazy couple of days where I was staying in my in my residence, had to stay at a friend's house, got put in a hotel by my residence because they wouldn't let me in. And then eventually had to leave Turin, which is uh, in the northwest of Italy, for those who don't know. Had to get a flight that same evening, eight o'clock to Munich, stay in Munich airport overnight, up, wake up at five, take a flight to Brussels at seven, then land in Brussels, then take a flight to Malaga in the south of Spain at 11 or something, 10, 11, and then fly there, wait around in Malaga until like six o'clock that day, picked up with my sisters and my girlfriend's sister, and then go back to her house in, in southern Spain. So that was my escape route, if you want to call it like that. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just happy to hear that you are, you're safe and well. It's been, yeah. it's been hectic across the world, and mm-hmm. I know Spain was hit pretty badly, but I'm happy mm-hmm. that you're doing all right. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it was a, a difficult one seeing the news. I remember when I was when I was here, you see the news with Italy was getting kind of bad and then it came to Spain and then it became the US and then the UK was kind of bad at the same time. So trying to comprehend different different pandemics and not the same, the same pandemic, but different situations for everyone was a, was a crazy one. You know, you, I remember you telling me just a little while before about your dad telling you to come home. I can't imagine what that was like. I mean, my mom had no choice but to... to me to be here but you know if your parents must be a wild one right mm-hmm. well today i wanted to talk about something a little bit more lighthearted and <laughs> like happier you know so I, I harry and i have been touched the past six seven months since we finished or since i've left europe which is pretty pretty insane to believe that it's already been that long but i kind of just wanted to bring him on and reflect on our time in turin and coming mm-hmm. from even though we both speak English, coming from very different backgrounds, different cultures, and mm-hmm. just being good people. Because we were talking a little bit before this, and even though we're in two completely different time zones, I know you're eight or nine hours ahead, we still were able to make the time and effort to get to speak. And I think it just it shows a lot that we really value each other's relationship. Thank you. Yeah. So where Let's do we begin? Where do we begin, Adam? Where do we begin? So, I mean, I could start with the, my first impression of Harry. Oof. <laughs> Go on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, it was my second day in Italy. We were at the university, and there's so just to give a little bit more background information, there's an American program, and there's also an Erasmus, the European exchange student program. But I don't know if you knew that Americans were there. We didn't know that there were going to be European students in the program, too. <laughs> but I remember, I think there were 50 or 60 Americans sitting in these, in the stands and in a room. And all these European students come in, are all single file, like standing in a line. And I see Harry wearing these. I'm wearing shorts. I'm, shorts. I'm wearing the same shorts today. I'm like, look at this Englishman over there. I, oh man, I remember so this. I remember this. I can. I mean, that day when like we had like our introduction day, you had your your USAC stuff. I think we eventually found out there was like 200 Americans, something like that, and like half of those were from Cal Poly, I think, or something ridiculous. 
and you were on one side and then the other side was all the uh, Erasmus guys. So there was me and two of the guys from my university back in England. There was a big, big number of French students, like a, a nice German speaking group, and then quite a few Spanish and then a few other people from other nationalities, but I don't think it was no more than 40 or 50. And then they said, okay, let's go, go across the hall and go meet all these Americans. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh God, what are they like? What are they going to be like? And I remember walking in and we had to, they told us to introduce ourselves in the front. It was like, it was like you're back in school and you have to like, you're the youngest in the school, you have to introduce yourself. It was something kind of surreal. And like, like one by one, everyone to my right is introducing themselves. And it comes to me and like, yeah, hi, I'm Harry. I'm from the UK. Nice to meet you all or something like that. But just the expectation, the weight of like, how do I say it? What do I say? What information do I give? What do I do? Uh, what do I give? And uh, yeah, it's funny, Adam saying, oh, they're short. They're so short. I remember that. I don't know what. And like, I think you've mentioned this before. And I was like, why was I wearing like football shorts? Like, what were they doing? But, yeah, it was a hot day. I think I was, I was kind of relaxed. But, um, it's okay. I remember, yeah, I remember afterwards in the canteen and we all got, you know, to know each other a bit better one by one. And that was a, quite a memorable, memorable day for me. Yeah. And it was such an unexpected encounter, I would say, just because, I mean, same for you, as you said, hey, let's go meet the Americans. We were sitting there and they said, okay, come meet the Europeans. And we're like, what? There's there's other people that are on this program? Yeah. Yeah. And from like, from our perspective, I think it was, it was so unique because I had mm -hmm. a handful of friends who got to study in other parts of Europe and Asia and South America, but mm -hmm. very few of them had European students as well at the mm -hmm. same host university. So getting mm -hmm. to hear about different background stories and ways of living life, I think was such, such a big part of my experience being in Europe and in Italy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's correct. I mean, like you said, it's crazy Like you speak the same language, but you know, you've got like me and all the other people you met and especially like even just even within like the guys from Cal Poly that I met, like Sophie and the others, even not only from the same university or the same state, but the same country to be to be so different, so diverse, different personalities, beliefs, values, surreal and to throw that in a, in a university context, you've got to be classmates and then you know, have that social aspect of going out and traveling and, and good moments. It's kind of like the perfect scenario. Like I've not got a lot of bad things to say about the experience, but it was a really good one. Yeah. And I think something that I really want to bring the attention to the listeners is like Harry and I would have never met unless either of us took the, the opportunity to go and visit a new country. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've, Harry's from Europe, so for him, it's not as, as hard to get to Italy, but yeah. for us, it was definitely a little bit more of a challenge, but just mm -hmm. taking the, taking the chance and going to a new place and talking with locals, talking with people from different parts of the world. You mm -hmm. learn so much and hear so many different stories that it really opens or it broadens your horizons. I know it's so cliche, but <laughs> it, it's very true. Yeah. I mean, I chose Italy because I'd never been there before. I mean, I had options to go to the Netherlands, Amsterdam. I think there's a couple in Spain, a couple in, in France. I mean, I studied French in school as a couple of years ago, like age 11 to 16. I was tempted to go there to try and to try and boost those skills, but Italy is like, wow, what an opportunity, you know, good country, amazing culture, why not? And I, like I said, we never expected to, to see like 200 Americans just sitting in a room on that first day. But yeah, Italy was a good choice and I, you know, I've had a lot of great memories and met amazing people. So for me, it was the perfect choice in the end.
Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can divulge a bit about what I was like for you from an American culture to go straight into European, mm-hmm. you know, a heavy culture like Italy must have been quite crazy for you. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I was, I was very fortunate that I'd been to Italy in the past, so I had yeah. a little bit of understanding or I kind of understood the expectations going into it. But to give a little bit more context of where we were, we were in a city called Torino, which is a little shy of a million people. So it's a very industrial city in the northwestern part of Italy. And unlike many other places I'd been in the world, this city did not speak English. (laughs) Very few people spoke English. And it was a true, just, it was a local town. So Mm. that was, I think the, the language barrier was definitely a big obstacle entering and being very comfortable being home where everyone spoke English. I'm not sure if you could agree or not, but it was a very cool experience to just kind of dive into living in a new culture, a new society for four months. Like mm. I remember, so my journey getting to Italy, I flew from San Francisco to, to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Milan, the train down to Torino. And I had a night in Milan before I came down to Torino. And I met up with one of the students in the American program. We just went out to get pizza. And <laughs> this is so funny, but my mom was always telling me, she's like, watch out for pickpocketers, watch out for people taking stuff from you. So I get off or I go from my hotel to the train just to go to Torino. And I'm looking around everywhere. I'm like, oh, no, someone's going to come steal something from me. I'm a target. I have all these big bags. I, I can't do anything. And... Mm. I just took a second to realize all these misconceptions you have. Yes, I mean, pickpocketing is a thing in Europe, but it's not its not something you need to worry about every moment. Mm. And that was like a big realization for me is, hey, I'm in a new country. I have to learn to adapt to culture and society here and just listen and observe and see what I could take away from it. So that mm. was like, that was day two of me being in Europe. And like I said, I'd been before, but... Going on my own was a it was a very unique experience. Just kind of making the most and seeing it from my perspective versus from being with my family. Mm. I mean, yeah, for me, like I've been to Europe a couple of times. I've been on like a, a trip with my football team or soccer, as you like to call it, which I did, which I, of course I disagree with. I went on the, a trip with those guys to Amsterdam when I was eighteen. I can you can imagine like a, you know a guys' trip it was kind of fun, a lot of partying, whatever. And then I went to Barcelona with a couple of close friends. That was kind of a bit more relaxed and see the culture. You know, had some fun too, but kind of look at all the sights. But then to to leave your house and say, okay, I'm gonna go live in this place. I mean, for your case, it was one semester, a couple of months, four, four, three, four, five months. And then to say, okay, I'm gonna go live here. I'm gonna try and learn the language, try and fit in, if that if that's even possible, and to try and just just throw to throw yourself out there. I mean. There's a lot of people think, ah, oh, what's Italian culture like? What are the people like? It's, it's, it's kind of, it's not like everyone's the same. It's the same back in the US or in the UK. And you may have uh, an one identical culture. We have this, we like this. But like any society, people are different and people have different interests. But for me especially, I've always happily been able to to adapt to languages, to want to learn a language. And, you know, slowly by by in engaging myself in the Italian language and learning in the school with the Americans and stuff, you know, I got competent. I don't know how I how I would do now. I haven't spoken Italian <laughs> for a long time, but um, 
just to be in a city and be like, okay, you know, you maybe just, you know, you're walking back from school and you're like, here I am by myself. No one, no one around me, you know, can understand me if I spoke to them right now in English or even in Italian, probably. Um, and just, you just, just run with it. Be like, okay, I'm here. I gotta engage in the culture. You make an effort and just try, try my best. And you know, engage with different people, not just Americans, but you know, Europeans that you know we met to Adam, you know, and Italian students themselves are lucky to meet with, or just like have a quick conversation with a guy in a pizza shop or the guy in a restaurant or the, or someone working at a cafe, just a quick chow, something like that. You know, it really, really kind of signifies that you want to make an effort and, you know, the, the great learning experience for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you said, just like trying to make small talk between shop owners, restaurants, cafes you go to. Mm-hmm. I remember, so Harry and I were in the same introductory Italian course, I believe. I think we're in different sections, but same yeah. professor yeah. with with Christina. Christina. Shout out, Christina. Great. Shout out, Christina. <laughs> Best teacher ever. Yeah, seriously. But I, I remember, so to give a little bit of background, so my roommates were Benji, Jack, and Nick. And so Benji and I were in the same guys. Italian class. I know. <laughs> it's It's crazy, man. I mean... It's nice to talk about it, but just being there in the moment and just hanging out, it was paradise. It was paradise in a different world. I think Jack is, is the best product from West Virginia I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I yeah. So I guess I'll give a little background of the, the roommates. So Benji went to Cal, goes to Cal Poly, he's an engineer. Jack is from West Virginia, goes to school in University of Denver. So that was the first time I met someone from West Virginia. I'm sure Harry same, could say the same. That's <laughs> probably the last. Yeah, and then Nick was from Wisconsin, went to school out there. I remember, I think it was day two, day three, Benji and I were going to a cafe before class because we had, I think, Italian in the afternoon. And I was just looking up what are different phrases we could start using to kind of mm. just, instead of trying to speak English, because, of course, you speak English, they're like, they look at you like you're crazy. I found the phrase, posso avere. And we would literally, we would go every place we'd walk into, we would just say posa vera, whatever we wanted. Posa vera means I would like or I want, just ordering at any cafe or restaurant. And we mm. were so proud. We're like, look at us. We're learning how to speak Italian. It's the same for me. I think eventually you every ah, posa vera un cappuccino, un pizza, un te, something like this. The same, ciao, buongiorno, these kind of things. I, I, I get that feeling what you mean when you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing such a great effort. Really, you've just learned three or four words but no I think uh, it's a good one I think yeah it goes a long way though what I what I learned as well is no matter where you travel to if you could try to start off a conversation in their language they're a lot more likely to respond to you if you try speaking English after just putting Mm -hmm. in the effort and trying is a big it's a big piece of advice I think it's a good point I've heard a lot of like I remember a lot of times in supermarkets where someone's been talking to me do you want a bag? And like these first weeks, I had no idea what was going on. And like the bags being given to me left, right and center or something's been taken away from me or yeah. So I mean, little by little, I think you understand. But uh, yeah. I completely agree. I remember, what was it? I just remember sometimes ordering at restaurants and I would just, I would just pick something random off the menu. And in Northern Italy, raw meat is quite popular. It's like a traditional Mm -hmm. cuisine. And there was one meal where I got, which was a bed of lettuce and just three pieces of raw sausage on it. 
and I looked at it and looked at the person. And they just smiled at me. And I was like, am I supposed to eat this or are you going to cook it? <laughs> so things like that. I think like another good time we could talk about was, I think this is the day after we initially met. We went to a local pub with some of my roommates. You came with some of your friends from Brighton, with yeah. Gabby and Aaron. And mm -hmm. we just sat down outside, outside the pub and had a few beers. And yeah. I don't know, it was probably three, four hours went by. We were just talking about mm -hmm. and comparing the differences between our cultures, different slang, different upbringings. And wanted to talk a little bit more about that because for me, that was like, such a defining moment in my time being abroad, just hearing your perspective. And even though, like we said, we both spoke English, but came from very different backgrounds, very different cultures and societies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I think whenever I, I look back on, on Turin or in general, like my time meeting a lot of people, I think that is, I think you said this before, like it's one of the main memories, the main focal point to think of because I, it sounds something so simple, just having a few beers with new people you just knew, like you've just newly met. I mean, when you really look at it with a, a different eye, it's like you've got the same language. You probably listen to the same music. You kind of like the same sports, or you like the same foods. But when it comes to like dialects and slang and and clothing, it's it's a completely different. Like I remember, especially Nick. Nick cracks me up. Like it's like me, me or get I me. Mean, uh, Gabby and Aaron are from Essex in, in England, which is a little bit to the east of London. And I'm from the south. I've got a kind of neutral accent. I hope people can understand me. And just like, I can just remember like Nick, just, just like, like repeating these phrases and just like, just to hear that like a, a new person, a new American you just met, like saying the things that sound so normal to you. Mm -hmm. It's just hilarious, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a crazy. I, I don't want to get too philosophical, but just to think, we're so we're so similar, but so different in the same ways, you know, like just in in culture and like and and what you hold true to you and what what matters to you and but yeah, that was a really good night and like all the different clothing we talked about, like what's this and like Google images and looking at this and why would you wear that. It's like, what are trousers? I didn't what, know what trousers what, were. <laughs> what, what, are, what are trousers? What a jumper? Is a jumper a sweater? What are pants? The pants, do you wear pants on the outside or underneath? Yeah. Yeah, these kind of things. But it's like, just someone who, who wouldn't know, it sounds so simple. But when you're having a conversation, and like you've been, you've been brought up in that environment and you know what that word means and I know what this word means and trying to cross mm -hmm. them over was, was a funny one. But yeah, that was a really good night and it like kind of sums up like a, a kind of whole new cultural experience like we had in Turin. Um, mm -hmm. really, it was a really good time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, like I said, I, I talk about that, that night with so many people. I think it was the second or third night that I was mm -hmm. in Italy. Yeah. It was just such a cool way. Like, even though I wasn't necessarily being exposed to Italian culture, I was being exposed to British culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even in, in England, you know, you have Gabby and Aaron that are up in Essex and you're down in Southampton. And mm -hmm. it's, two completely different cultures, different backgrounds. Two different accents. Two. Two very, oh man. I just remember trying to understand. I think the accent barrier was definitely a little challenging too at first. Mm. But like mm. after, after a little while, it was easy. I think the funniest thing for me mm -hmm. was that if we went to speak to an Italian or someone that barely spoke English, they would understand you 
much mm. better than they would understand me purely because mm. of the way that you're able to pronunciate and emphasize certain words. Yeah. I can remember this is this is one of the things like I don't want to hate on, on my Americans who learned Italian now and Turin. You know, God bless you all. You did a great effort. But I can remember in, in, in the first Italian lesson the, the, the teacher say, oh, you have to like learn, introduce yourself to, to your classmate. So you say, io sono, and then say your name, so io sono Harry. And like, and you say, oh, io sono Harry de Inglaterra. Okay, I'm Harry from England, that's fine. And I can just remember these, these, these kids from America say, io sono so-and-so de California. It's like, it's like, you, although you're speaking Italian, you are telling the world that you are American. I just like I loved it. I was like, it's just so beautiful. And the same, the same with the reading. Like there'd be like a reading exercise in the class, and just the pronunciation. Like this, you got kids trying so hard, and you know it's not easy. Of course, it wasn't easy for me too. But just the way that Americanism and that like, the American voice and the American persona can can still shine through no matter what language is uh, is a, is an interesting one. But you know, like I think for people like you and others who, who did the intermediate Italian well, you know, you really tried to integrate yourself and tried to take the culture on board. And, you know, that's, that's really respectable. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing for me, once I found out that there were going to be other students, not necessarily from America, was for me to go out of my way and, you know, make friends with them. Because mm-hmm. like, I love being around Americans, but if, when you're going to another country and you're trying to absorb and understand their culture, what reality is yeah. like there, mm-hmm. Push, not pushing yourself away, but making the effort to go and speak with other people. Like, for instance, I remember the first day and we kind of all had that thing in the canteen where it was just, it was a mixer. I, I immediately went and sat with people who were not American just to start a conversation. I yeah. sat with Aaron, Gabby, Pedro, and Sophia. Pedro and Sophia, yeah. 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 Right. I mean, it's like that thing, it's like when you go on holiday. And, you know, like to a foreign country, but you still end up with like socializing with someone from the same place as you're at a bar. I remember like the countless times as a kid where you go to holiday, like in some other country, Spain, wherever, Caribbean, and you make make friends with someone from the same country as you just because you can or that kind of thing. But, I mean, especially for me, from from like the European perspective, like it was it was really good for me to meet a lot of different cultures. So, I mean, not only just the Americans, like we had a there was a really good group of French guys in that first semester. And like me being able to understand a little bit of French here and there, I mean, I, you, I'm sure you remember Adam. They were crazy. The, the parties in their apartments in the clubs, they were crazy. And yeah, it was just really good just to say, you know, hey, like I've got all these Americans here, but you know, I'm gonna go out into the the deep water and just just throw myself out there and talk to different people because at the end of the day, that's how you learn. I think you know, you, you said it before on on the podcast and before, but like unless you don't, I mean, if you don't leave the same place or you don't open your eyes, you're never going to learn. So to go experience those cultures, you know, in exchange normalities, what's new, what's not, what's wrong, what's right, you know, it's a lot of opening your eyes and a good experience. And we were so fortunate. Now, I, something that came to mind was, like, we got to ex- experience and be exposed to so many different people in mm-hmm. one place. You yeah. know, it wasn't like we were going country to country necessarily and having to find those people yeah. we were in we'd go to a bar we'd go to a club we'd go to a restaurant and we'd be with people from four or five different countries from i don't know taiwan to brazil to america to yeah. portugal england like people from all over the world and just sharing and talking with them and 
becoming friends with people from everywhere. I think it's just such an amazing opportunity. I mean, you remember the nights in, in Pasta and Basta? I don't know if you remember that first semester, like the crazy, like the karaoke and just all the, the mayhem. I don't know how that, that the, 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 the shop owner let us do that. I mean, just, basically he just, he let us, he let all these young American Erasmus students just go in this like part, main part of this restaurant, all drinking, ordering all their pasta and just karaoke and just being loud and just having a good time. But like, yeah, culturally that was a really good experience. That was karaoke, different language songs and mafiosa. I think you can remember that one. In Chamonix oh, yeah. too. I remember Chamonix was a good one. Yeah. We had a, a trip to Chamonix in the south of France near the Alps. But there was like 14, 15 of us. I think it was in one big, big chalet. Mm-hmm. All just looking around. We did some hikes and stuff. And it was like, all the Americans, me, me and Gabby, I think Aaron was there too. Was Aaron there? He was. Yeah, I think it was. And the Portuguese and, and Tom by himself, the German, a good friend, a good friend. Shout out, shout out Tom. But yeah, just that, like a whole culturally little mix in one one little one little chalet in South of France was a was a really good one. Yeah, and that was I think two weeks into it. I think what's crazy yeah. is going further into our experience, like the last mm-hmm. few weeks, we'd always just talk about and be like, man, none of us even really knew each other, but we just would we would plan trips, do all these fun yeah. things. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that we we took before. I remember like that first week, I think it was, we went to Asti, it was like a small town outside of Torino and there was like a wine festival and Adam's like, yeah, yeah. I remember Adam saying, yeah, just buy a ticket, buy a ticket. It was like 12 euros. I don't know how much that is in dollars. And we got on the train, got off in this, this small town. And we walked straight into this like, like whole dramatic presentation, like drama thing, like a parade of the entire town's history and like World War Two and wine and just, there was like these cows walking around and these people dancing and acting. It was like, wow. And I was like, and I had just done that. I just met these Americans and said, yeah, okay, you know, I'll go and do that for, for the day. Just throw myself out there. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad I did because, I mean, that's a funny day itself, but it was a good experience just to, to get out there. Yeah, I'm curious. So, I mean, being the only Brit that came with us, what what drew you to the situation? What were you thinking before, before you just said yes and came with us? For me, like, of course, it was like uh, I wanted to see like, Italy and see different aspects, but I was like, you know, why not? What, what have I got to lose? You know, what's, what have I got to lose, but I've got a lot to gain, you know? This is like just just having the mindset just to be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go hang out with these new friends I've just met. We'll go to what happens to get to know each other, you know, develop relationships and, and jokes and understanding. And I can remember a lot just speaking with, with good Kyle and Ryan, just talking about all these British words and everyone was like, uh, some of the guys are imitating me and, oh, hello, hello, Harry, and all these kind of things. And like, oh, yeah, you're my favourite Brit. And yeah, just just to, yeah, just to be able to throw yourself out there and meet new people and just, I think for me, I've always happily been able to do that. So I know for, for mothers, it's not easy and it takes time to, to go out of your comfort zone, but I think whenever you meet someone new, there's a whole side of the world which you haven't seen, if you like. I mean, everyone sees the world and experiences life through their own ways, their own eyes. So just to to share that experience with other people is always a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like from my perspective, I remember, like I said, meeting you first day and then at the end of the program, I feel like you also grew so much as an individual from I mean, just mm-hmm. those four months and 
very very confident and outgoing and sociable. I remember I think everyone was just a little bit nervous going into it. Yeah. But I just remember like it's amazing, like you said, just putting yourself in uncomfortable situations will allow you to see what you're capable of doing. And I think the more you do that, the more you learn about yourself, the more fun you have, the more exposure you get. And especially when you're going to new places, just trying new things and being willing to be uncomfortable is so so important and crucial. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing is about like, kind of can say being comfortable, being uncomfortable, because if you don't do that, you know, when, when are you going to learn? When are you going to see things differently and talk to different people from different languages? Like there were so many times where I was in Italy and like you go into a shop and you're like, you're like you want to order something, you want to talk to something, you're like you're panicking, your mind's a thousand miles an hour, but just be like, okay, relax, let's try it. Let's talk to someone different. And even just like, you know, you're, you're in a class with someone the first week and you don't know whether, you know, you just want to, how do you approach them? Like that kind of thing. But I think per yeah, personally, I think, I grew a lot comfort like confidence wise and just being able to be like okay let's just do it let's meet people let's do things because the time I mean especially for you guys was was really short that one semester I mean my second semester got cut off thanks to the pandemic but just to be like okay I've got x amount of time here let's, let's you know, of course work hard in school and, and get what I need to do but I think I think socially we all like I think that kind of I don't know what it was felt like for you I think for me it was like you know trying to get that get the, the grades out of the way and then try and you know make the most of it socially because that's like a once in a lifetime experience i mean especially for you because you only had one semester but you know you can explain a little bit how that was for you yeah no, i think i think what you said is is a very good explanation of it and for us coming into it like from my perspective studying abroad was yes i'm here to learn but i'm also here to gain experiences be exposed to different cultures and not to say that school came second, but school is definitely a little bit less of a challenge here than back in the States for me. Yeah. But at the same time, like I still talk about some of the classes we took abroad, like the the history of the European Union class was by far oh, the most interesting I, class. We I forgot about this. I was the only European in that class. I took the class and I didn't. I was like, oh, okay, European Union, you know, I'm European. Technically, I was. I'm not anymore by, by the European Union way oh yeah you know it could be an interesting class and then I go into class and, I, and like by this point like I kind of knew everyone all the new students Americans like I recognize the faces I know who was from where who was from what and I was like wait I'm I'm the only only non-American here oh god and like you've got all these Americans being introduced to stuff and I mean for me of course the class there were things I didn't know but like just to be you can just say that you weren't like i mean even the teacher i mean me and the teacher were the only non-americans in that room so like i'm like ah oh, harry what's this like what's the european union like do you know much i'm like no not really if i'm in the class but yeah that was a funny one when it came to like the presentations too and we had to do that presentation from the class and it was all about the british politics and brexit and stuff but that was a good one yeah i think one of the I don't know if you guys got to experience, experience this when you were back at school in the UK, but going on those field trips for, mm -hmm. for the history of the European Union course, we studied the different or the history of how it was created. And then we went into the structure and got to understand a little bit more of what it's like in the European Union, the EU mm -hmm. Parliament, Commission, it goes on and on. I mean, there's so many different branches and departments within. But we got to take this two or three day trip to Brussels and go visit the EU. Yeah. And man, 
Remember that Airbnb and we walked in? (laughs) It was was an Airbnb and it was right next to a bar and it was all inside was painted black. But, you know, inside it was quite nice. I mean, I mean, I remember remember when the the teacher told us that that trip was available. We looked at the flights and the flights were like 18 euros. It was like ridiculously cheap Ryanair, Turin to Brussels. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and it was like, oh, you're on the field trip. You're on this same tiny little plane flying, flying to Brussels. And then I, I naughtily, I apologize to the teacher. I used that trip to go back home because it was, like the, the trip ended on like a Friday or something. And like all the Americans went to Amsterdam or elsewhere. And I used that trip to, to go back home for the weekend and see my family. But um, Brussels was really good. And I think, yeah, like I say, I was in the, in the, in the Europeans. We got like all these Americans running around, taking over Brussels, eating the waffles and and the, the burgers we had to. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, I always think of that burger. That is the one thing. I was, <laughs> that burger and that. Oh my god, that is that is an absolute dream. Yeah, remember the what? Was, what was the bar we went to again? Um, the Delirium Bar. Oh yes, there was like so many types of of beers and ales and lagers. It was had like the most in Europe or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it wasn't like on tap. But, I mean, they had a, a lot of beers and, and drinks on tap, but the menu was like almost like 50 pages deep, it was like a, like a mini Bible or something. It was full of explanations and flavors and strengths and like- It was crazy. Uh, it was a crazy one. Yeah. It was a good experience, nonetheless. I know, man. Doesn't feel long ago, but I mean, that was in November, so. It was. I was looking, I was looking through my, my photos from today. I was like, oh, these trips. I went on to, to Chamonix and I went to, to Cinque Terre, which is on the, the west coast of Italy in like September, October, November. I'm like, seems like a million miles away because I think like the the coronavirus lockdown and like how kind of some days and some weeks were the same. It feels like a million a million miles ago, you know, almost like what nine ten months ago. But yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to look back on. Yeah. Oh. Those are the days. Those are the days pre coronavirus, pre pre worry, pre uh. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the new normality now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice it's nice to look back and say yeah we had these good times but it's also I think you know maybe you want to strive to to make those new memories with, with new people and I, I don't know when when you plan on going to Europe next I mean I don't know how that's going to going to work soon it's probably going to be a while it's probably going to be another year too yeah but I mean yeah it's just about adaptation I guess and just trying to make the most of it and staying positive and kind of keeping on the right track and keeping yourself good yeah, you mentioned that you you recently tried a new new form of meditation that you liked. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I was I was just nosing around on my Spotify account, looking at all these silly things. Oh, you can change your your account, and it's like, oh, within the, the Spotify student membership, which is like five pounds a month, you get this uh, headspace included, just like a meditation guided relaxation kind of sleep thing. I was like, hey, I'll try it out. It's been a couple of days and just a couple of like five minutes a day, just just to be able just to sit down and relax. And like it starts off with like a, a couple of like thoughts and perspectives and then you get into some like deep breathing exercises and you finish and you're like, Oof, like you just feel like bliss of the world and then you go back into your daily routine and your things. But for that 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 small period after you meditate or something, kind of makes it worth it. But yeah, I mean it's I think with coronavirus and just not even just within itself, just the times you live in and, you know, media and stuff like that. It's easy to 
to kind of feel you know like overwhelmed or however you want to feel so i think especially now i mean more and more than ever i think it's important just to to, to look after yourself look after to those close to you and to realize that you know mental health and those things are really important in these sort of times because i'm sure it's going to be quite difficult for people but just to take some few minutes to look after yourself your state of mind yeah and i know you mentioned i mean in the in the states we definitely we had our our formal lockdown but i know for you guys in spain and italy especially mm. that you guys were in an apartment for a month you didn't leave yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i was sort of staying with, with my girlfriend and her parents and it was like there was a time where I didn't even like of course you've got the door into the apartment, then the front door for the flat here. I didn't even leave the front the front door for the flat. So like it makes like what when you're living it and you're in lockdown and you know, uh, like back in when the, the cases were quite high, every every night, eight o'clock, everyone goes to their balconies and, and claps for a minute and all the like the services like the police and the fire and the ambulances go drive through the town and with their sirens on. But like to think that there was four weeks of your life where you didn't leave the front door of where you were staying. So to, to say that now you didn't even leave the front door, it blows you away. It's like, what? But I mean, in these extraordinary times, I guess, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it was like for you in the States, but for me, yeah, for us, it was a funny one here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for, I'm sure everyone listening can relate that it's just been such a, it's been a very challenging time and I think just the lack of human interaction. I'm so fortunate that I get to, you know, record these podcasts and even though it's not in person, I still get to have these conversations with good friends of mine who I haven't gotten to speak with in a, in a while, honestly. Some I, yeah. I talk to on a regular basis, some I haven't spoken to in a few years. And mm. I think just taking the time out of your day and reaching out to people you haven't spoken with in a while is just so beneficial. And it's, mm. it's, it's very therapeutic because, you kind of, you kind of, not necessarily forget what's currently happening, but you get a little distraction and get to appreciate and think about the the positive times before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I was able to speak to some of the guys from from the Erasmus program in the lockdown, and it was like kind of like rekindle the memories and all the the inside jokes that you've had from before, and just like the same same kind of uh, camaraderie, I guess you can call it. It's just like. It's almost like the same but different because you're there, all the same people, but the same platform is not the same. So maybe I don't know how things are going to be in in the in the in the real life world, if you want to call it that. You know, in terms of like economically and businesses, a lot of online interactions, how that's mm-hmm. going to be. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that was a good way to good way to end it. We'll just wait and see, right? I think just having a positive mindset, positive outlook, and hoping for the best will in the long run be the, the best or most beneficial outcome so mm-hmm. for those that are listening i i hope this was a a comforting episode and you got to hear some joyful stories and getting to hear about different perspectives of the americans and the brits but yeah at the end of the day we all love each other <laughs> we're all friends all in the same little rock in space exactly all right harry well thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it Thank you, mate. It's been a, been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope all the best success with your podcast because uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Harry Cork. I think it's a great way to end the week by hearing a nice lighthearted story 
of people's times traveling before coronavirus. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Pursuit Podcast Official and hope you guys have a great rest of your day.